Hi, babes. All right. So in the spirit of Pisces season, I suppose this is quite a vulnerable share for me. Um, but it's interesting because I've had a lot of people around me uh, talking to me about this subject this week, and um, it just became really clear that this is something I'd love to address, and it's something I've really never been, I feel like, perhaps even ready to talk about, but um, I'll explain in a moment, but also I just wanted to let you guys know, <laughs> I'm like, I'll explain in a moment, aka this is the podcast and why you're here, um, but also I wanted to let you babes know I released the pre-sale for the seven weeks to self-love course. Um, that's a live course. It's basically a group coaching course with me. And I decided for some of my shorter form courses, I want to make them really financially accessible for you, babes. Um, I understand that as women, we are healing our relationship to money and we're healing the our paradigm with money. Um, so I really feel that it's important that you guys feel like that you're not priced out of my offerings. There will be certain things when it's, of course, higher demand and of my time and energy, and those things will be priced higher. Uh, but also, I want you getting the information. I want you getting the support. And um, so I really decided with the seven weeks to self-love course, which is going to be very, very hands-on, um, complete transformation through these practices of actually tangibly loving yourself. Um, I wanted to make this one accessible and, and to get as many women as possible in there and in the group dynamic and in the energy of transformation. So anyhow, that is live. I will add a link, um, underneath the, in the show notes, as well as on my blog, on my site. Um, so yeah, I really hope to have you there and I'm very excited. And if you've been wanting to take a live course with me, this is a phenomenal place to start and, um, it's going to be a lot of fun and very, very, very transformative and empowering. And I'm excited to teach my self-love method. Okay. So perfect segue. Um, you know, not many of you know this, but yeah, I struggled with an eating disorder for a very, very long time. I'm pretty sure that it started around the age of 19. Ironically, when I was beginning my exploration with the spiritual, um, I had dabbled in a bit of modeling and um, but I was so deeply insecure, so young, didn't have a good center in myself, had no idea how to love myself, no idea how to hold my power in my life at the ripe young age of 19. And I think I had a lot of self-loathing. I know I had a lot of self-loathing. And so slowly but surely that developed into um, withholding food and withholding nourishment from myself. And um, that was a pattern that proliferated itself um, really up until right before I turned 30 years old. Um, about a month before I turned 30, I decided 
just based off some things that I'd been reading and, you know, um, some journeys with nutritionists and lab results of mine that I was going to try paleo. And, um, I hate to break it to you guys, especially those of you who have very strong opinions about food. Um, but I am not a vegan and I have not been vegan or vegetarian for a very long time. I eat intuitively. I eat clean and organic and I eat for the sake of nourishment and respect to my body and to the world around me. And that is it. Um, I will begin to talk more about uh, my dietary preferences, but I know that that's a huge trigger for a lot of people. But my journey with food has been so wounded and so varied that this finally, you know, at the end of my 29th year, this is what I discovered about my relationship to food and, and eating paleo dropping the empty carbs, the empty grains. Um, I, I began to eat clean organic sources of meat again. I'm not saying this is for you. I'm just sharing my story. And I want, I want to just make this clear before I go into the process of, of how I healed myself with, um, my eating disorder and with body dysmorphia. But what I found is that when I began to eat paleo, the way that I had read about it was that, you know, you drop grains and you eat clean sources of vegetables, fruit, and meat. You don't do any dairy. You don't do any grains. And for some reason, for me, um, this worked for my body because the point that I'm getting at is that what it turned me towards was nourishment versus um, eating minimally or eating very scarcely. Because when you're anorexic or when you have a disordered attitude towards eating, you literally look at food as an enemy. You don't see anything that you eat as something that nourishes you or that you can derive some form of um, nutritional value from. You see food and anything going into your digestive system as the enemy. And that is how I lived for, you you know, a decade of my life. I had a very horrible attitude towards my body. I hated myself. I hated my body. I And I used the word hate because that is what it was. I was at war with myself. I was at war with food. I looked at food as this thing that was keeping me away from being thin, which was keeping me away from being loved. So I had a very Oh, debilitating relationship towards this very basic fundamental thing that we need in our lives. And over the years, I knew that I had a problem and it wasn't something that I spoke about often. It was a coping mechanism. I've talked to you guys about here and there, um, how intense my twenties were, how, um, much I struggled and how much I, I was very focused on, you know, making money. I was very focused on surviving. I was focused on building a livelihood for myself in an arena that, um, was not developed. There was not a market for it the way that there is right now, which is just phenomenal. Um, so it was a very precarious time. And I look at eating disorders or dis a disordered, um, attitude towards food as a means of control in an uncertain world. And seeking to control, you know, the body and seeking to control 
um, one's looks through, you know, through eating, through lack thereof, creates such a distrust in self and such a distrust in the bigger picture of the universe and life. I was so disconnected from everything. And the thing is, is for me, it was so psychological that I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing to myself. I almost didn't even realize I had a problem. As I said, my 20s were pretty intense and I was so, I was having such a hard time just surviving, like just, you know, I, I worked a lot of jobs, but I was just like barely making it by in Los Angeles. So it was sort of one of those things where it was a war with myself, a war with my looks and a war with feeling the need that I needed to be thin to be loved. But it was also birthing from this place of like, I didn't have a lot of resources. And that was sort of like, a way that I was um, making it work for myself. I was just like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of money. I do want to buy, you know, good food when I am eating or when I am trying to eat. And this was the fucked up cycle that I found myself in for nearly a decade. And and I wanted to bring this up because I have had like quite a few people around me speaking about this. It's been flaring up for some of my clients and um and I had a powerful conversation with my boyfriend this week where we were at dinner and we had just gotten home from Hawaii and we had this beautiful dinner um at this place on Third Street in West Hollywood. And we were eating these dumplings. It was like 11 o'clock at night. Oh, sorry. That's my love. It's 11.11 and that's my love alarm. Just a second. Oh my God. We were having dinner at this really cute little place. Sorry, I almost lost my train of thought. Um, And I was talking with him and I just was like saying, I was like, wow, babe, like, it is a small fucking miracle that I healed this thing with my body. Like I used to live in a space of so much, like, like I said, I just couldn't see the forest for the trees. It made it very hard to really be, um, accountable to close relationships. I, I really couldn't have like I did have one boyfriend in my 20s that was very prolific, but um, it was very hard to be in love or to let someone love me because I didn't love myself at all. And one way that that was coming through was through the body, through the body dysmorphia and through the eating disorder. Now, for just a moment, <clears throat> I really want to like heal and and assist on the concept of body dysmorphia because, like I said you know, I was at war with myself at war with my looks. And I attributed being thin to being loved. That was to me a very, it's, I think it's been a, a stigma in our culture for a very long time. I think that it stems from, oh, like, you know, it's not really like this anymore, which is very cool. We're getting much more body positive, 
much more open-minded about, you know, a woman's curves and it's really quite wonderful in my opinion, but I'm also, I have a sun and Sag, or a moon and Sag. I'm very optimistic, but I choose to see the world that this is shifting because I feel like when I was 19 and I was um, beginning to model and do some of this stuff, it wasn't like yay, have a beautiful, healthy, strong body. It was like be emaciated. And so that really created a very, um, that created an, an, a war and a haunt, a haunting in my mind for no lack of a better word. And I know that a lot of women still go through this and maybe it's not about being thin. Maybe it's something else. You know, we, we all have our stories. We all have our unique relationships to our body. So here's what I learned on how to heal this. Obviously, as I mentioned, the beginning to eat um, paleo helped me. And the reason that it did, it doesn't mean, like I said, I'm not saying you need to go eat paleo. That's not what this is about. But what I'm attributing this to is that that totally shifted my relationship to food. It brought me back to the basics of instead of just like making a meal out of like rice chips and like a kombucha, it's like, which is what I used to do. It was like, no, no rice chips. Like maybe have a kombucha on an empty stomach, but like, I want you to have like a beautiful organic piece of fish and some broccoli and like sweet potatoes or in a couple hours, like make yourself like a piece of, you know, toast, grain free, of course, because that's the whole paleo thing. And, you know, a garlic spread with some avocado. And it just totally reframed my attitude and my relationship to food. And I started to get grounded in my body. And ironically, I started to lose weight. I stopped craving so much sugar. I stopped with all the empty food that I was eating and the minimalism of eating. And I just started to nourish. And so if you, if you are going through this, or if you know someone who is, you know, when I guide women on stuff like this, because like I said, this was such a huge fucked up part of my journey for a long time. I always guide towards nourishment and pleasure. What gives you pleasure? What gives you nourishment? Because another part of an, of an eating disorder is that you are forcing yourself to do something that your body and your soul don't necessarily want you to do, but your mind thinks you need to do it. So it is a very tumultuous way to exist. And I have such deep compassion if you um, go through this on any spectrum. Maybe it's not full force. Maybe it's very benign or maybe you're healing from an eating disorder or disordered eating. But, you know, I just want to guide you on those two words, nourishment and pleasure. And I think as a collective, we as women, this is an important conversation in general, nourishment and pleasure. Like we are coming back to a space of celebrating our feminine. That's why I teach what I teach my loves. That's why I talk about all of this because I've gone, I've really come from such a space of denying my basic nature, my basic nature as a woman and really loving the goddess nature within me. <clears throat> And being very angry and very sad and very depleted on every level into celebrating. And, and I'm telling you this, 
now that, you know, I'm, I'm about to be 32, I've been eating the way that I eat for a long time. It's interesting because now I introduce, I do eat dairy. I do eat grains from time to time because my body wants them. My body speaks to me. It took me, this makes me a little emotional actually. It took me a while to finally be able to hear my body and my soul for, for it, that was very shut off for me for a long time because my mind was so strong. And even though I had my spiritual practices and I was doing all this stuff, this was still like the Achilles heel for me. And even underneath all of the practices and the helping people and the doing my thing in, you know, the world and building myself as a, as an astrologer and a mystic, this was the undercurrent of my deepest pain was this. And when, you know, as I was just saying, when you are in a space of an eating disorder, disordered eating, you've gotten so accustomed to not listening to yourself. You totally deny your voice and and you forget that there's so much wisdom in your body. My mom helped me a lot through this journey. Like she, I think it pained her deeply that I was going through this and that I was so, you know, back and forth and yo-yoing with my body and my eating and and my attitude towards myself. And, you know, she used to just remind me like Tal, she calls me Tal. She's like, Tal, you're um, your body knows you don't have to overdo it. Your body has wisdom within it and you need to just be willing to listen to it. Stop thinking that you know more and you need to force yourself into a corner. And, um, and so the way that I started to heal and finally get out of this first was my shifting my diet towards nourishment and intuitive eating instead of, you know, and the thing for me with paleo is simply that it gave me a structure that I needed. And the thing that I liked about it when I read about it before I started was like, Hey, have three non-paleo meals or three non-paleo items a week. Cause I love Mexican food. Like I love, I love it. Like I eat at Toy Kai Organica like two times a week. It's my favorite. And, um, you know, I just really, it's interesting. Like I just, I enjoyed the flexibility, but then the fact that I had a structure. So that was the first part of it. Then I started to find movement that I enjoyed that didn't feel like I was slave driving myself. That didn't feel like I was hurting my body. I basically began working with um, Pilates and I was training with a very, um, dear friend at the time who got me really into like Pilates fusion movement. And I eventually started to do reformer Pilates. And instead of doing these like full on, like overly testosterone workouts or just doing cardio for like an hour a day, which is just bananas. I started to actually get into like, what makes my body feel good? Cause every body is different. 
Did you like that? Everybody. Everybody is different. Everybody is different. What your body needs, that's why I teach you guys so much around intuition. That's why I talk to you so much about trusting and getting into your own power because I don't want you just to listen to what I do or what I've done. I want you to make up your own mind about what you want in your life, what you're doing, and what works the best for you. So for me, you know, I was 30 by this time. I was like, okay, I found a way of eating that feels good to my body. I found a way that of movement that feels good. And I just completely transformed. I also had at the time gotten out of a very unhealthy relationship, but as I taught in my manifested course, my love course, that every relationship you call in on some level is a total reflection of how you feel about yourself. So of course I was calling in people who just didn't really like get me and didn't really just didn't really connect with me and were pretty awful to me because I was awful to myself. And I was not treating myself with love and respect. So also as I shifted out of that unhealthy relationship, it also really brought my self-worth back. It really brought my self-worth back online. And you have to be selective about who's in your life because sometimes as women, as I said, we use food and eating and exercise and controlling ourselves to control the world around us when really that is not how it works. It's not about control. It's about love. It's not about control. It's about love. So can you love yourself through the ultimate way that I healed myself of this 10 year cycle was accepting myself and loving myself exactly as I am. And it has still been, I still have remnants. I'll be so transparent with you. I have moments where I question and I wonder and I, I look at a mirror and I think I look a certain way or I don't look enough or whatever, but I have the tools now. I tap on this from time to time. I have tapped on my body dysmorphia. I definitely, I even was struggling with it, with it when I moved to my new apartment, just little remnants, but it just isn't as powerful anymore. And it doesn't have as much of a grip on me, but I started to find my tools to help me, you know, uh, work with myself. And so for me, it came through nourishment, pleasure, self-love, self-acceptance, and really accepting that I am a goddess. I am a goddess. I am going to have curves. There are going to be times of the year where I'm a little curvier than others. There's going to be times where I feel great, and there's going to be times where I feel off. Where am I in my cycle? And that's why I teach all the, as you can tell, this whole issue in my life birthed all of my work really. Um, and that's why I find it interesting. I've never spoken about it. I think it's kind of something I didn't even admit, as I said to myself for a long time, that it was really even a big issue because it was a coping mechanism, but that's why I teach the menstruation stuff because when you track your cycle, I'll put a link underneath the show notes as well if you want to listen to the podcast about tracking your cycle. Um, Because again, when we track our cycles, we work with our energy as women and it makes us just have like a little bit more like 
peace and patience and love and, and just to accept that we're cyclical. Sometimes you're going to feel phenomenal. Sometimes you're going to feel like a bit off. Someone wrote to me recently and said, Hey, I overate. Like, what do I, how do you handle that? If you ever do that? Or I feel like I ate something indulgent. Like, what do I do? And I just said, well, the first thing you need to do is forgive yourself immediately and send yourself love, send your tummy love, send your digestive system love and gratitude, send your mouth gratitude that you can chew your food, send yourself gratitude that you could even have that experience. The fact that you're eating is fucking epic. You know what I mean? Obviously, eating disorders and stuff of this nature, this does, this births itself in a society that has everything at its disposal. Like so much so that we get so swayed by media. We have time to pay attention to media. And even that babes, like this might sound a little bit weird, but like that, even that is a luxury. And now it's like working with our self-love and our self-empowerment to deal with living in a world that can be very volatile as Tony Robbins likes to say. And, you know, I, I offered to her, send yourself love and forgiveness immediately. Cause the worst thing that you can do after you eat something, maybe a little naughty is to then think like, Oh, I'm bad. Oh, this was bad. Don't label food as good or bad. Label it as healthy and nourishing or not very not very healthy. Is it benefiting you or is it maybe taking more work for your body to acclimate it? Is it giving to your body or is it depleting your body? And obviously to me stuff like fast food like that is depletion. There I don't see any health benefit in eating that kind of food only because it that's not what it's for it's for taste and it's and it serves a certain part of our brain our dopamine part of our brain but it's not for nourishment so shift the story enjoy nourishing foods like get as much clean food as you can right we all have different situations we all have different levels of income but as best you can you know the nice thing is is if you buy like organic fruits and vegetables and you eat that mainly and then you you need to you know maybe buy like like the pantry items that are a little bit less expensive that's fine do your best find what works for you okay like i didn't want to make this about me telling you how to eat i'm just telling you what's worked for me Okay. So then lastly, addressing that wonderful DM that I got, I just said, send yourself love immediately and then do something. This is, I learned this from Kayla Itstein's. She's like one of my favorite fitness babes. And, um, I really love what she's doing for women with like empowering us with exercise and workouts. I do her, her and Kelsey Wells sweat app and I love it. It's totally transformed. My body made me so strong. Um, and basically I said, she had mentioned something once like, Hey, if you have a gluttonous meal, you eat too much, give yourself a rest. And then on your next meal, just maybe get some veggies in, drink a bit more water throughout the day. And then on your next meal, just do something that gives back. You know what I mean? Do something that nourishes and gives back to your system. So just, we can stop with all of the warring, 
the intensity, the judgment, and instead make peace with our feminine nature, make peace with our bodies, love ourselves as we are. And if you want to feel better or different in your body, then do better and do different for your body. You know what I mean? My two tools were shifting my relationship to food by finding a way of eating that felt really good for me and then finding movement that felt really good for me. If you don't like to do HIIT workouts or go to like some, like run for four miles a day, then don't fucking do it. Like, just don't do it. Stop with all of the, like, just stop with all the intensity on yourself. Just stop. Be willing to stop. Cold turkey, quit. And and get in front of the mirror and ask yourself, what do you want? What do you need from me? What can I do for you? What brings you pleasure and nourishment? And I'm going to leave you with that. Okay. Thank you so much. I know this was a bit of a, it's a very powerful subject. Um, if you guys are needing support on this, I mean, I would say, you know, listen through this, see what speaks with you. If you have um, a therapist that you trust or to find, you know, different resources, that help you get a handle on this part of your psychology and this part of your relationship to yourself. I really suggest reaching out, talking with people who are gentle and understanding. That was something that definitely started to help me is when I felt like I didn't have to closet this very debilitating habit that I had because it made me less available to the people around me. And, um, and I really was starving myself really of like nourishing relationships. So be willing to be vulnerable, ask for help and get outside of your own, you know, mentality that you have to do it alone or that people will judge you. Um, but I really hope that this assists you and, um, I love you guys very much. Again, you know, also if this is something that you struggle with, please, please join me for my seven weeks to self-love class, um, course. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm going to teach hands-on all of the tools that I cultivated to heal myself of, you know, so many issues. And I will, we will be going through EFT tapping. I really suggest EFT tapping for this kind of stuff and for more self-love. Um, it just really helps shift your vibrational nature and move out old emotional patterns. It's so phenomenal. Um, you can Google, you know, EFT tapping for eating disorders. You can check out Gala Darling. She was who I learned. EFT tapping from. Um, and she actually even mentions in her book, Radical Self-Love, that she healed herself of an eating disorder through EFT tapping. So it's phenomenal stuff. And as you guys know, I've been talking about it recently. It healed me of my flight anxiety, which is like a small fucking miracle. And um, and yeah, and I obviously, as I've spoken about before, it healed me of a very intense, like 12-year, 15-year abandonment issue um, that I was having where I couldn't even get into relationships because I was so afraid of being left all healed with EFT tapping. So I've given you some great tools here. You'll have to do a little research, see what you connect with and ask yourself what gives me nourishment, what gives me pleasure. Love you deeply. Thank you again for listening.